Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church. Uh, we are literally like just two days ago or three days ago was like our first Sunday seven months ago right here at Destiny Community Church. And it's just been an honor these last seven months to be the student's ministries pastor, to minister to students and in their families. And, and seniors, I was, I was really thinking about what I wanted to say to you today and uh, what God would have for you in your life. And leadership is always a big part of that. Leadership's always a part of where we go and, and who we are, but I got to thinking about who I know that's a great leader, and of course, I thought of Pastor Rocky. And I found a story that just really embodied what it means to be a good leader, and it goes like this. It, it says, there, there was a treasure ship on its way back to port, and about halfway there, it was approached by a pirate ship full flag flying in the breeze, the skull and the crossbones. The first mate runs up, captain, captain, what are we going to do? There's a pirate ship. He said, first mate, go to my cabin, open my sea chest and bring me my red shirt. The first mate did that. Wearing his bright red shirt, the captain fought gallantly. He encouraged his crew to fight, to fight men. The captain was so inspiring, in fact, that the pirate ship was repelled without one casualty to the crew. A few days later, the ship was again approached, but this time by two pirate ships. Captain, captain, what should we do? Cried the first mate. First mate said to the captain, go again to my, my quarters, get in my chest and bring me my red shirt. The crew again was emboldened by their fearless captain. They fought heroically and managed to defeat all the attacking pirates, though they did suffer casualties this time. But that night, the survivors, they had a great feast on board. And the first mate asked the captain during this celebration time, he said, Captain, what's the secret of the bright red shirt? It's simple, first mate. If I am wounded, the blood does not show and the crew continues to fight without fear. The first mate was just awestruck by this. So they're sailing along and another week passes and they're nearing port. They can see the finish line. And as they were just a few days out from home, the lookout suddenly yelled, ships approaching. And this time, 10 ships of the enemy's Navy were quickly approaching the ship. Captain, captain, we are in terrible trouble. What do we do? The first mate looked expectantly at this miracle worker. Pale with fear, the captain paused for a moment and then he commanded the first mate, first mate, bring me my brown pants. <laughs> All right. That, I think we need to get into the word, amen. <laughs> amen, yes. 
This may be the last senior appreciation service I get to preach. If you have your Bibles, if you will turn with me to Luke 19, Luke 19, if you have your, if you have your Bible or if you have an electronic device, uh, whichever you have, who knows the best Bible is the one you read. Amen. So whichever one you have, Luke 19, we're going to be read verse, reading verses 1 through 10. And just in case you didn't bring your Bible, I bought my, brought mine just in case. So Luke 19, verses 1 through 10. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for this encounter that, that this man had with the living Christ. And Father God, I pray that the Holy Spirit's power will impart upon us today to have that same count of encounter in our lives. Father God, I pray that if you give me the ability one more time to share what's on my heart, that I will do it to the best of my ability to honor you. God, I pray that you would be with the words that are spoken and may the ears hear from you. May our hearts hear from you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen, amen. So I grew up in church. I grew up going to Sunday school and I, I remember this story about Zacchaeus. I mean, he, Zacchaeus, was, he was kind of cool. He even had a song written about him. You know, we, I, who remembers Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he? Yes, we're not gonna sing it. But I just remember that, I, I remember thinking, as a, as a kid that, man, if I was Zacchaeus, I wouldn't have seen Jesus because I am deathly afraid of climbing a tree. I could not climb a tree. I still am deathly afraid of climbing trees. But I was really thinking about why, why would Luke talk about this encounter? This encounter with, with a man who seemingly was unnoteworthy, because I imagine Jesus had these kind of encounters with people dozens of times a day. There's lots of times in the scriptures where we see that Jesus had encounters. Jesus had encounter with the blind and the lame and the sick. But what I found really interesting about this encounter that Jesus had with this man named Zacchaeus is this man, Zacchaeus, went to extraordinary measures to see Jesus and to see his future. Why, 
was Zacchaeus who he was. We know that Zacchaeus was a member of the Jewish community, but that he was also a tax collector, which basically made him an enemy of the Jewish community because he was charged with getting the taxes, with collecting taxes for the Roman Empire. Zacchaeus was not a liked man. This would be like your family member working for the IRS. No offense to the IRS. But Zacchaeus was not well liked in his community. And we see that when we look through the scriptures. And, and, but I got to thinking, why is Zacchaeus like he is? What made Zacchaeus become a tax collector? What made him become an enemy to his family? I really don't. I really think to know Zacchaeus, we have to go back. We have to go back probably to Zacchaeus when he was a young man or, or even a small boy. I can, I can almost picture him as a young boy lining up, you know, like on the playground, like we all lined up and he was always the last one picked. Or maybe he just wasn't that good in school. Maybe he didn't get, he didn't excel like the other students did. Maybe he had a dream and that dream was crushed. Whatever it is, whatever it was, there was something that made him angry. There was something that made him want to get back at people. There was something or someone that had hurt him. And it caused him to be how he was. And, and just like Zacchaeus, we all have a story. We all have things from our life, from our past, maybe even present things that would seemingly disqualify us from success, from happiness, from a bright future. And, and seniors, I just want to address you for a minute. We all have a past. But we can't let that past define us. We, we can't let, I, I, I look out at your faces and I see bright futures. I see God doing miracles in you and through you. And I just, I know that God has a plan and a purpose just like he did with this man. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his outward appearance, the Lord does not look at the things people look at. You see, people look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I think there was something compelling Zacchaeus to see this man named Jesus that day because I can imagine that Jesus' fame had preceded him. That Zacchaeus had heard about this man that changed people's lives. That forgave people of their sins. That made the lame to walk and the blind to see. You see, I understand Zacchaeus because I too have struggled in life. I struggled as a child. I struggled in school. I struggled with acceptance at times. I struggled with relationships through my teenage years and my adult years. But what I had to finally come to the realization was that my parents couldn't have an encounter with Jesus for me. 
My grandparents couldn't have an encounter with Jesus for me. No one could encounter Jesus but me. Some of my worst limitations that I had as a child were I, I, I really struggled being still and being quiet. I couldn't do it. I, I really couldn't. I know it's, it's hard to imagine. But I, it was hard for me to memorize things as well. And so, and even now, I, I struggle memorizing scripture. I pour myself into it and I just, I pray, God, let me just memorize this so I have the words of scripture to speak. I remember sitting as a, I, I was a third grader and, and I had, I was probably being a little disruptive. And I had a teacher stare down at me and point her finger at me and told me I would never amount to anything. I sat across from my high school principal with my mother sitting beside me and him telling me the same thing. You'll never do anything with your life. You're going to end up in prison. See, I was beat down. And I carried that. I understand the limitations that Zacchaeus was working with, but you have to understand we all have limitations, but what we do with them is our choice. And see, what I did with them was my choice. And one day Zacchaeus heard about this man named Jesus who was coming to his town. See, Zacchaeus wanted to see him and he wanted to see who he was, but, but he was short and the crowd was large. All he could see was the back of the person in front of him. And at this point, Zacchaeus, he had a choice to make. He could have said that, you know, if I was at the front of the crowd, or if I was taller, or if I was a part of the inner circle, if I was cool enough, then I could get in the inner circle with Jesus. Then I could see Jesus. He could have left depressed. He could have left angry and bitter and no better off than he had come to that place. But family, what we must remember is you are not what you are going through right now. One of the enemy's greatest strategies is to get you and to get me to look at what I don't have or where I don't measure up. It's to get us to live in the if-then life. If I was a better speaker, I would, I would talk to people about Jesus. If I was smarter, I would have had a better job. If I, and the list goes on and on and on. It got me thinking about a story of a, of a man from, from Southern Louisiana that I heard about named Boudreaux. See, Boudreaux lived an if-then life. One day, one of the hurricanes came through and, and Boudreaux was sitting out on his front porch and the, the floodwaters were coming up and his friends and family came by and they said, Boudreaux, get in the truck, Boudreaux, the flood's coming. Boudreaux said, no, go on. If God wants to save me, then he will. So a few more hours pass and Boudreaux's standing on his porch. The water's all the way up to his porch and a, and a boat comes by with the rescuers and they say, Boudreaux, get in the boat, Boudreaux. He said, nope, if God wants to save me, then he will. A few more hours pass. The flood comes up. 
Boudreaux standing on the very tip top of his chimney on the tip top of his roof. And a helicopter hovers over and out of the loudspeaker they say, Boudreaux, grab the rope. Boudreaux said, no, if God wants to save me, then he will. A few hours pass and the storm waters keep coming up and Boudreaux drowns. Boudreaux ends up standing in front of God. He says, God, I thought you was going to save me. He said, I tried to, you dummy. I sent you a truck, a boat, and a helicopter. <laughs> but see, the problem was Boudreaux, like myself, I lived in the if-then for so long. For so very long, I lived in the if-then when life was kicking me in the teeth. I tried every profession there was, literally. <laughs> I didn't even put them all on my resume, Pastor Rocky. I'm sorry. I apologize for not being honest. <laughs> but it wasn't until five years ago, is this month, five years ago, at a little camp meeting in White Springs, Florida, underneath a tent in oppressive humidity, that I had an encounter with the living Christ that set me on a path for my destiny. Students, we all have to have an encounter with the living Christ to put us on our destiny. See, far too many times our focus is where we don't measure up. But sometimes your greatest limitation is God's greatest opportunity to work in you. Your greatest limitation is God's greatest opportunity to work in you. We have to stop waiting for what, we have to stop waiting for what I want, stop waiting for what you want and start working with what God has given you. See, Zacchaeus didn't just sit down and have a pity party for himself, he took action. Life can be hard, it can kick you in the teeth. I think of the Karate Kid, is a pow pow, and just kick you right in the teeth. And my students tell me, they say, Pastor Jackson, you got to be more positive sometimes. I said, students, I am positive, family, I'm positive, I'm positive, life is gonna kick you in the teeth. <laughs> but God is always there. See, verse four says that Zacchaeus ran ahead and climbed a tree, it says that we know that he climbed high in the tree because it says Jesus walked by and looked up. It didn't see Jesus, it doesn't say Jesus just looked out and saw him, it said Jesus looked up in the tree. See, Zacchaeus didn't do just the minimum to get by. Zacchaeus didn't just do the status quo. He didn't stay with the crowd. Zacchaeus ran ahead because he, was, he saw his destiny. He saw his destiny coming and he wanted to be sure he was in line of his destiny when it came by. He saw his future. He climbed high in the tree to get above the crowd. It's hard to see our future. It's hard to see our purpose if, if we're sitting in the crowd. Students, this word is for you today. You can't reach your potential if you stop on the low branches. Press forward. Press forward with everything that God has put in you and you will see your destiny roll by. I've heard it often said you, you can't soar with the eagles if you're hanging out with chickens. Come on, right? Because my chickens are happy on their little roost and the little chicken coop I have them. Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. 
And let me make a bold statement right here. When Jesus said move, you better move. Because something life-changing is about to happen. I can promise you that. I'm going to say that again. Because I like it. <laughs> when Jesus said move, you better move. Because something life-changing is about to happen. We have the Holy Spirit that stirs inside of us. And when it says move, move. Far too often, many of us are looking for a blessing, but we're afraid to do anything to receive it. We're afraid to get our hands dirty. We're afraid to climb that tree. We're afraid to go out after our blessing. There are times we must live an active faith. There are times we can't just sit in the church service week after week after week and watch Jesus pass us by going, God, why are you blessing them? But you're not blessing me. The same Jesus is blessing them is blessing me and he's willing to bless you and he's waiting to bless you. You just got to step out. The reality is far too often we're too afraid to climb out, to climb out of the tree of pride to climb out of the tree of self-shame, to climb out of the tree of regret, to climb out of the tree of brokenness and hurt. But see, that's not the tree our Jesus is passing by. And while he will pass by that tree, Jesus is wanting you to climb into that tree of your promise to climb the tree of reconciliation and wholeness. When Jesus looked up at Zacchaeus and told him to come down, he came down and the scripture says he welcomed Jesus. Wouldn't it be great if the story just ended there? But Zacchaeus, even though he had a life-changing encounter, with Jesus, all the people gathered around could do was hate on him, was talk about his past and point to his failure. Sometimes our biggest haters are on the inside of us. I stand before you, a man that walked through years of shame, and have hurt. I sat right back there about four years ago, three years ago, three and a half years ago. And Pastor Rocky preached a message on letting go of the guilt. And man, when Jesus passed by me that day, it was life changing. Some of us need to do that today. We've had an encounter with Jesus, but all we can hear is the negativity and the naysayers. Maybe it's coming from your own heart, from your own mind. Sometimes we're worried about what old so-and-so is gonna say about us. But Jesus didn't call you to worry about old so-and-so. Let Jesus worry about old so-and-so. I love the words of a great lyrical poet by the name of T.I. He said, you gotta let go and let God deal with it. Amen. Finally, though, just like we all have to do, Zacchaeus took action. He took action here and now. 
didn't say, well, Jesus, catch me next time. Catch me next time. I'll, I'll, I'll see you then. He came down from the tree. And just like each one of us has to do, he welcomed Jesus into his life. He took responsibility for his sin and for his actions. And he made them right. That was part of it. We can't miss that. That I have to take responsibility. That we have to take responsibility. Family, don't let your faith be too short to see God working in your situation because he is working. He might be coming up the road and you just can't see him because of the crowd. And all he's saying is climb that tree so you can see me. Because we know that one day over 2,000 years ago, our Savior climbed a tree. I love the picture of that. that we know that, that not a single man on this earth could have held Jesus down and nailed him to that tree. Jesus climbed up on that cross. I can picture my Savior laying down on that cross for me. And taking those nails, taking that beating for me. Then he climbed down from that tree for our destiny, for our salvation. And he stole the keys to death, hell, and the grave for me and for you and gave Satan an old kick in the teeth. Today, you may need to climb a tree to encounter Jesus. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening.